it's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Special episode alert. Special episode alert. <laughs> extra, 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 read all extra. about it. Wow, what a what a qualifying and sprint race we just witnessed the last two days. Uh, so much so that we had to jump on and do a special episode uh, covering qualifying and the sprint race at the Brazilian Grand Prix because I think if we left it and like based on based on what we've seen so far, tomorrow is going to be just a full episode at least in itself. So. Rather than give you guys a super long episode um, recap for the Brazil Grand Prix, we thought we'd break it up and do an episode today, and then we'll do an episode uh, after the race tomorrow. So just more more listening for y'all. Right, Pomps? Yeah. We just Wide-eyed. What? We just are like, why talk on the phone? We could record us talking on the phone and make an episode out of it because we were already doing it anyways. So... These are going to be kind of our live reactions because we just watched qualifying not too long or uh, the sprint race not too long ago and qualifying we've been talking about all morning before uh, the sprint race anyways. So yeah, let's jump right in with qualifying and boy, I think, what did you say? Have I ever seen anything like that after after you watched? (laughs) I can't remember a qualifying session that exciting in a long time. Well, it's just the way it unfolded i mean you um, couldn't like you really couldn't ride it it's like we, we keep getting these episodes that's like i'm the writers and or the producers for drive to survivor just creaming their jeans for over that yeah <laughs> but, okay <laughs> <laughs> they're like throw it all out we got a new episode angle for us yeah really uh, no doubt because if you would have, I mean, and talk about the difference here, because you have, for those of you who don't know, Kevin Magnuson, that's right, Kevin Magnuson of the Haas Racing Team, the U.S. Haas Racing Team, took pole position, his first pole position, while his teammate, Mick Schumacher, took P20. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, if that doesn't say... What's going to happen to Mick next year? I, I don't know. I think that's a pretty clear... I mean, I knew he was pretty much on his way out anyways, but you're not cutting it, Mac or uh, Mick. Well, it. I mean, I think there were some circumstances out of a lot of people's control. Uh, so uh, we'll get into that. I mean... As we should have had the about. same circumstances that Kevin had. I'm just going to say that. Uh, I don't know. So what happened, Adam? I mean, How did a Haas end up on pole? Rain. You want to and wanna... the lack thereof. Wow. Okay. End of episode. Have fun, everybody. <laughs> We're done. Okay. <laughs> now, um, well, I mean, this, the weather is so screwy. I mean, it was wet. It, it was, the rain was there. Um, yeah, set the stage. And, uh, set, the stage. set the stage. Yeah. What do, you, want sa- you want sound effects? Let's or? do it. Let's lean. 
What did it sound like as the the intermediate tires rolled over the wet Sao Paulo circuit? Um, like a cat pissing on a tin roof? Oh Jesus! No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, you you asked me. You know where I'm going to come from. Okay, so it had nonetheless. Rained. It had rained and rained. Pretty it had hard. rained. And then, but dried out. I guess they had done some, like, special new techniques ahead of this season. Uh, some sort of, like, way of, like, preparing. Oh, yeah, they call it diet. Yeah. Di- diamond cut. Yeah. To improve the drainage. drainage. But uh, so we didn't but have it that, rained. That, that bad standing water, if you guys recall from earlier races, or, you know, Suzuka. It's the, it's the standing water that really creates those wet weather conditions and makes it super tricky. So everybody went out on inters, right? Pops was right because it, but the rain had stopped, but the track was still sopping wet. Yeah, but and not, so wet, but not standing it, water. Oh well, I think yeah, there was some water standing in certain areas because I remember some of the rooster tails coming up. Yeah, but but for the most part, um, damp track. I guess we could say, yeah. but everybody elected to go out on intermediate wet, and uh, so I forget when it, did it, did it, any of Q one did Gasly go out? I know Gas. I remember Gasly being the first to brave it, and then he did a like a he went like three tenths faster and had a big moment in, on, on the last corner, and then his second lap. But I can't remember if that was Q1 or Q2. It was Q- Q2. Q2 they switched to dries? It was all of yeah. Q1 was entered? Yeah. Yes, because they were talking about that 10 minutes oh, after. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. 10 minutes into the 20 minute no, Q1. 18. Well, something like that. 13, 18, 16. Well, no, they were predicting 10 minutes into Q1 that it was going to rain again. And then it didn't, it, it held off. But it didn't, right? It was like some weirdo. You know, everybody was expecting it, so that's why everybody stayed on intermediates, I believe. Then, and and DRS because of that was disabled. Yeah. Then, when Q two opened, everybody went out on. Everybody yeah, everybody went, went out on soft. On soft, and no, 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 it, no. I know, I know for a fact, people went out on inters. And it, everybody went out on inters, and then Gasly came in for for soft. There you go. There you but it go. It was like one or two. It was like two minutes or something. It was like two laps. They did two laps, and and Gasly went in on in, went in for softs, and then he he sh- proved, and quickly people started coming in. I remember that though because it was it was towards the end that some of I know Ferraris made it. They it went down to the wire. Ricardo went down to the wire. Hamilton went down very late where, I mean, they were, there was both Ferraris were on their flying lap after the, the time it elapsed before they got a soft tire flying lap in. So right. Some people left it pretty late. And I remember it was, also, it was really wild the way the track ramped up for, for a while. Latifi was on provisional. <laughs> like, <the> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that the Williams, Latifi, yeah, not only a Williams, Al- but Albon Latifi kept going Williams. like P three all the way into yeah, yeah. But the other thing was is that partway through Q two, 
they enabled DRS because everybody was on on soft tires on uh, slicks. It wouldn't have been key. I, I just misspoke because I was just looking at the order and Latifi was P16 after qualifying. So he it definitely wasn't. He wasn't in Q2. I'm sorry for that error. Uh-oh. But anyways, the track ramped up really quick, went into dries, and then we get into um, – it was a it was a tight and interesting Q two. Lots of people going, coming and going. But then we ended up losing Ricardo. He didn't make it for his final flying lap. I remember that he it, the right. time elapsed, so that's why he was relegated to P fourteen. But then Vettel, Gasly, I think Pierre Gasly must have just like he was the first to do it. But then I think his he he ran out of tires or or he couldn't translate. Um, so we lost Ricardo Vettel, Gasly, Albon, which I was kind of bummed out because he was really, I felt like he was pretty, he was flying, but still pretty, I mean, P11 for, for a Williams is a pretty great qualifying session in itself. And then we got to Q3, the, the top 10 shootout. And that's when things got pretty interesting because pretty interesting. Yeah. (laughs) And, 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 uh, it, it, it's really funny how, um, but it was dry and drying, and everybody literally was getting out of the, the. They were all lined up because they knew that the rain was coming. It was and it was starting to rain, and so they knew that that getting out first and getting out soon and getting a a good banker lap, as they call it, um, was going to become really important. And it just so happened that this is a fun fact for those of you who don't know it, but. Grid spots, or I'm sorry, garage spots are based on the order that you finish the constructors championship in. So the first spot as you come in, so entering the pit or exiting the pits, um, is the last place position of the ten garages. And first place is the closest to where you enter the pits when you're coming in to do a pit stop. The the thought the, the process is that that's more of an advantage in race position. But in wet weather qualifying positions, when you want to get out of the garage first, being in last place just so happens to come quite in handy. So that's how K Mag was the first in line on his fresh soft tires to go out for that first all crucial run of the of p3 or q3 sorry i misspoke and so him and max were entitled and you know those first cars were entitled to the driest track because as that session progressed the rain started to fall heavier and heavier until it inevitably went to inters it got so wet that you would have to put on inters correct but there was one team There's one team that put one of their drivers out who would have been P3 in the line in the queue to go out onto the drying or to the dry and wettening track. And I'll no, I don't you, know I'll if the had the rain guess. started, had I'll the give, weather, had the rain really started at the beginning of QT. I thought it was no, several they minutes could, they into could see Q3. It, they could see it on the radar. And it was it it's it was coming, and some drivers were even saying in the end of Q two that they were getting like 
drops on their visors and stuff. So they all knew, like, it was pretty well known that to get out and get on softs as fast as you can. And so, but Ferrari, for some reason, I guess we didn't say that, but I'm sure you all were guessing or guessed that it was Ferrari. <laughs> that made the most bonehead of bonehead moves and put Leclerc out. He would have been P3, so it would have been Magnussen, Verstappen, Leclerc. So he would have gotten a, a good dry run in. And he's even, he's sitting there and he goes, am I the only one on enters? And they're like, I do believe you are. <laughs> and he's like, nice. <laughs> so Carlos Sainz wasn't on enters. No, they put, they put Sainz on softs. Uh, and, then, not, and then to compound that, they knew it was the wrong tire. And then he let him do a warm-up lap. And then he did a flying lap. And it was another classic. It was just like Monaco again where it was coming around and it looked like he was going to pit because that's what the obvious thing to do would be to pit. And then they're like, as he passes the pit lane, they're like, box, box, box. And he's just like, sick one, guys. Rad. And went on a flying lap, which ended up hindering Perez's flying lap because he was stuck behind a, a Ferrari on the wrong tires. And so that ended up making Leclerc P10, Sergio Perez P9, because we had one, maybe two, it was like probably two laps that everybody got. They got a warm-up lap and then a flying lap, the the rest of the eight cars, Um, before George locks up because he goes on to the, onto the wet stuff, the, what's it called, curbs. Locks yeah, it, the curbs. loses it going into, I think, wasn't it turn four? Yeah, I think it was. And loses control, goes through the gravel, gets to the escape road after the gravel trap, but then boots it and puts the back wheel and into the gravel again and then beaches it. He red, almost did a 360. The section. Yeah, he almost did a 360 in the gravel. Now, I will... Off that escape road. I d- I was and just beach deep and beached it deep. There's a Maddie. I was I was texting and talking with Maddie O'Patty after qualifying, and he is firmly under the suspicion that that Russell did that to solidify his P3 because he just so happened to be in in P3 during that. And I don't think George is smart. I told Matt I don't think George is smart smart enough to do something that conniving, but he thinks he's a slippery little snake. And did it to protect his P3. Well, you know, it was, I mean, for somebody who knows how to drive well, why would they do that? I don't, I mean. Now, so I heard some talk. I, I heard some talk that he felt that he needed to switch the end of the car because he didn't think he was going to stop before he hit the barrier. And that mm. he goosed it and brought it around and to try and avoid going in front, uh, front uh, taking the front end to the barrier. Got it. I heard that maybe that's why he goosed it. So, I mean, he really, I mean, he really spun it hard. Yeah. And, and then just buried, buried it, himself. Though. 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, and Martin Brundle brought it up, I think, during that incident, because that that eventually, that red flagged qualifying, because they, they had to get the car out of, because that's yeah, a cause see the Yeah, because see the red flag, the so they were only into it, let's see, how long is Q3? It would have been minutes? three laps, would have been my guess. So it's like 12 minutes, right? I think they had, the, then, but then even under the, but then under the red flag, it started raining hard enough, anyways. That even if that once right. they got his car out of the way, once they got the Mercedes so, out, they, right. you know, I think I think a Ferrari went out, and then, but he was on inters, and so like there was no way he was going to go faster than a car on softs on inters in the wet. There's just right. no, no way. Well, the red flag came out. Eight minutes and ten seconds into Q3. Yeah, and because it was deemed that Russell had become beached and therefore disabled in a critically dangerous part of the track, so they had to to stop the race to allow for them to remove that car, which you know really only took about what five minutes. Yeah, but. But the rain had started, the rain had started, and Kevin Magnuson and, what, seven or eight other drivers had had done their flying laps on soft. The only two, well, they did flying laps, Leclerc and Perez did flying laps, but Leclerc was on the inters and Perez was stuck behind Leclerc on inters for his, most of his entire lap. Because it's like they they're supposed to get out of the right. way of a faster car, but if you're on a flying lap, it doesn't matter. You know, you're not you can't get out. You can't. He couldn't abort his lap. So yeah. So that yeah, just talk about. So that relegated, the, but basically that froze the order of whatever your flying lap was. That's what it was going to be because there was no going back out. There was no way you. There was not going to be enough. Not time. going back out on soft. No, 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 no. Going back out on slicks. And no by way. The, by the time that it had rained, it had gone all the way back to track conditions for Q one. So, right, and then it was really. It was I thought wet. it was cool that that Hamilton went out and did a parade lap, basically, because he he did become. He was there for a week previous to the race, and um, he did become an official or honorary citizen of Brazil. So. Technically, it's his, it's one of his home Grand Prix now. <laughs> right. And I, wasn't that in June that they declared him an honorary citizen? Of I, I guess, but they did a big ceremony. Yeah, but it was Thursday a big deal. But Hamilton, with three minutes and 15 seconds left in Q3, went out. He was P8. That's what I said. And he, went out on, hey, and he, he went out on enters to see if he could improve his position. No. And he remained P8. No, I think he was just doing a parade lap. I think he was just going out. To, nah, whatever. To to drive around and wave, and because there's no, he knew he wasn't gonna. It was very much just. Was he, he driving could. around waving? Yeah. Or was he? He did try to go out and improve his position. I mean, once you go out, you give the fans something to look at. You just got made an honorary citizen, and you well, get, yeah, you get, you get so. Interlagos to yourself. Like, why not? Yeah, I guess. So, but that does but, bring up the good point: is that. I mean, and, and Brundle made this point when Haas was flipping their lid because, to put it in perspective, this is the first U.S. team 
U.S.-led team to take a pole position since Shadow, which I don't even know of, and I learned that from watching this, in 1975. And with that, yeah. Denmark becomes the 24th, only the 24th different nation nationality person. Kevin is from Denmark. Um, so it's the 24th nation to have a pole sitter. And yeah. Mexico was the 23rd when per, when Perez got his pole this season as well. So we yeah. have two new additions right. to two two new things to happen this season. It's a big it was a big deal and man, Haas was celebrating like crazy and it was so cool and was so happy to see. And Martin made the very good point is that eight drivers, all the rest of the eight, only Leclerc and Perez are excluded, but had a chance and Kevin went faster than Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz, George Russell, Lando Norris, Esteban Ocon, Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton. He went faster than all of them. He yeah, earned that one eleven sixth, and yeah, it was because Max Verstappen made an error and locked up. On, I think it was like turn seven or something like that. Cost him two tenths. He would have had the pole if he wouldn't have made that yeah, error. Yeah, probably. But you know, that's just a. <laughs> pretty cool so it wasn't but. a fluke i think he this will go down and technically it's he's, he's not on pole for the brazilian grand prix but pole position is awarded to whoever takes the fastest lap during the qualifying session in formula one which kevin magnuson did so that yeah. will remain on his record pole position And, boy, it was so funny because they were in the garage, and that Haas garage is all the way at the end. And so he had to walk all the way. They were were all waiting for him down at the – where they do the the post-qualifying interviews. And he was walking down, and that gave us – during that walk, we had our very – we have two moments with Martin for this episode. And that brings us to our first moment with Martin. So here you go for your for your listening enjoyment. Get your skid lid off, Kevin. Let's <laughs> let's have a look at that smile. <laughs> skid lid. I had never heard of a helmet being referred to as a skid Call lid. Call it before. a skid lid. Me neither. Thank you, Martin, for an enlightening Martin. Uh, us poor Epic Americans. Martin Brundle. <laughs> But, man, was it ever? And I remember hearing the radio when they said, when Kevin goes, what position are we? And they're like, mate, you're P1. And he's like, you're kidding. Like, you're, like that's a joke, right? And they're like, no, dude, you're P1. And he's like, I've never felt a feeling like this before in my life. Like, I can't imagine what, like, he. I think he's also third place now on the longest run um, before getting a pole position. I think Perez, it's like Perez and Weber are higher than him. Um, yeah, was it 139 qualifying sessions in the, and then before he got... Let's not forget that last year he wasn't a driver in Formula One either. Like he lost his yeah. seat at Haas, went out, took a season off, got the call after they, they booted the, the Russian, and... um. Magnuspin, Magnuspin, Megaspin, whatever. Mazapan. <laughs> Mazapan. Marzipan. <laughs> and, um, and the Martian. He, he comes back, has some great opening races, kind of hosts their development stalls, and then boom, pole position. 
Brazilian Grand Prix <laughs> on merit in a drying and tricky wet submissions. Like, while your teammate, the kicker is your teammate sitting P20, you're p- sitting P1 for your first pull. Yeah. Like, come well, on, man. That's just, I don't care who you are. A, Max is an on-pull win. B, it's this amazing, epic underdog story, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer kid. Like, just awesome. I was just over the moon. It was just such a fantastic quality. It was just cool. And just, it was just cool. And what a win unfolded. for that team, you know? Yeah. And Gunter, like, I saw a great quote from Gunter sign today on uh, on social media. It says, when it rains soup, you better have a spoon. Today we had a spoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a great, what a great, just moments with Gunter. Mo- yeah, moments. With gab, Gunter. gab with Gunter. Gunter Gab. And then, <laughs> so if that wasn't good enough, then we were treated to the tasty, tasty sprint race, the Brazilian sprint race. Which another fun fact for you all: the Brazilian. Grand Prix, the Interlagos, the circuit there, is the first racetrack to ever hold two two sprint races. It's the only one so far. So I didn't know that. I didn't realize cool. that. Yeah, Crafty said it during the thing. So we had Kevin lining up P one, which we knew wasn't going to stick, and I think some there like the the earlier projections were hoping that they could hang on to fifth. Um. But we'll go. We'll go just how we normally do um, races, and we'll go from from the top down. So the other super awesome thing that's about to happen is Max was P two, George was P three, same order that I just said. And but yet I don't see. I'm looking at the results here right now in front of me, and I I see P one, and I I don't see Max Verstappen. I don't see a Red Bull. And I know. I can't tell you how much joy that brings me. <laughs> well, I think it would have been more joyous if Sergio Perez yeah. had qualified for Stappen. Well, but, and he you know, should have. We'll too. take what we can get. They should have swapped him. But we'll get well, when we, it we would, trickle yeah. our way down a couple positions. Because that's right. He's not in P2 or P3 either. So, Dad, how did yeah. Georgie Russell... Mr. Spin, Mr. Sabotage, the quality session, if you're Matty O'Patty. Um, but how did how did George win the sprint race? What happened there? I don't know. Well, there was... I, they just had their, their the setup. on softs, except for two drivers, a Mr. Max Verstappen and a Latifi, which, I mean, if I was Max and I was sitting in that cockpit of that car and they said, what are the what are the tire breakdowns? And they're like, you and Latifi are the only two on mediums. I bet he was like, shit. <laughs> 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 or maybe he was so confident that they thought the Red Bull had so much pace that they thought the mediums were going were gonna, to, or the softs were going to super dig after 25 laps. I just, I don't know. It seemed like, an odd call and it ended up being an odd call. But were we or were we not privy to some epic battle for a couple of laps between Oh my goodness Russell and, and that, Max. So you know that what, lap eleven, twelve, thirteen in there? Yeah. Man. Well it was interesting Man, what because, racing. Um Max, Max cleared uh 
I mean, Kevin led one lap. That's pretty cool. Haas got their, their race leading. Too bad it wasn't an official Grand Prix lap, but Kev did lead the whole first lap. He made it through without incident, got around the whole lap, and then it was coming down the straight, heading into ending the second lap that Max just walked past him. Um, that was that was lap four. Was it lap four? Lap four, yeah. Um, or sure? Peter Windsor. I was listening to Peter Windsor. Oh. So he he did wait until he get he had to wait till he got DRS. They didn't hold him off. Right. So um, right. Well, but yeah. Max Max cleared. But what a start! What a start! Did K Mag have? Yeah, I mean he led. I mean, that was a legit great start. And he would he pulled out pretty good. K-Mag really is. I mean, if you go back and look, I, I recall many. Kevin's a good starter. Like, he, he does tend to make up. I think at Spa, he made up like eight positions on the opening lap. Him and, that, yeah, that's right. He's, so he did it's not it, like I think he, he did it in. Uh, he had a really great start at Zandvoort too. If I'm not, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. Oh man, that's too far but away for me. He's had s- several good starts. It's just that he ends up. He, he either. I mean, he's he. I think that uh, Brundle said it really well on the opening, which reminds me of our second, um, <laughs> our second <laughs> moment with Martin because this perfectly ties into it. But Kevin is either brilliant. Or dangerous. It seems like, like it, it's he walks the the razor's edge of being like, oh, that was a brilliant move, or you should have just taken it a little easier and not wrecked the car on the opening lap, because he's also done that several times. Um, but this is what this is what Martin Brundle had to say about it. I think if I was Max, I'd treat the Haas like the hind legs of a donkey. Yeah, because <laughs> Kevin will want to try and lead this race. If I was Max Verstappen. I would treat the back of the ass like a hind legs of a donkey. <laughs> I think he goes on to say yeah. Kevin does know how to get his elbows out. And that's what I'm saying. He can be a little bit, let's say, driving by Braille. Um, little. Well, yeah. And so I think that's by why they waited till after DRS. Because, see, DRS was disabled. No, that wasn't. That was during the mid that was like the mid laps, twelve thirteen in there that they had a yellow for Albon spinning. Yeah. So they disabled DRS, but then by the they re-enabled it. But that was on lap fourteen. We're talking about lap yeah. four. Yeah, that was my bad. When, that was when uh, that was when um, Russell was coming for Max. <clears throat> oh yeah. So, anyways, Russell or Max gets past. K-Mag, K-Mag starts to fall down the order pretty quickly, but but Russell dispatches of Max rather quickly as well, which he needed to do because if he got held up for half a lap or more, that Red Bull was just going to walk. It had a, what did it say? What did they say? I think they had, it had like a 6K speed jump on the Merc um, in dry conditions. So yes. it was really important yeah. that George got by him and then he did and then the softs held on and there was a moment where george was following max and he dropped out of drs range and i was like well there's that but then he clawed it back and it was like all of a sudden toward the end of the lap he was four tenths behind and then then he was challenging into turn one and i was like 
uh, yes, please. And <laughs> then we were back and forth and back and forth. And oh, Russell was geez. going, uh, turn limits, uh, ro- uh, track limits on turn four. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, trying to get anything to rattle Max. And, and then, yeah, just going into he really just set him up perfect on the main straight, got really close, got him to move to the outside, protect the inside. And and Russell just got such a better drive coming out of the center S's down into that turn four and just walked him. Yeah. Well on um you know, where where has this Merck pace been all year? I think and, I think uh, it's just showing that they haven't given up. Yeah, oh, yeah. As as they start to, you know, I think really the marker was Austin, and as they saw like noticeable gains and improvements, they've just kept pushing. I think they're really looking. They want that race win. They want, and then don't forget they're only forty points back on Ferrari for P two. That's right. In the in the drivers in the constructors yeah. championship. So, but uh, I don't know they because. Uh, a great evaluation when uh, Peter Windsor uh, evaluated the qualities and uh, the sprint race and was going, looking at the time intervals, is that despite uh, Mercedes being down with over six kilometers per hour uh, in the, as far as in the straight, at the trap, they were still having similar times for the whole lap. So they had it dialed in the best they could do for straight line speed, but boy, they had it sucking, you know, sucked down to the road for hooking up in the more technical curvy parts of the track. Yeah. I think think that must've also come from the car setup is, you know, locked in and they did it for the wet conditions that they were going to have during qualifying. Yeah. I don't know, but they had it hooked up, baby. Uh, their some of their higher downforce specs for that car. Yeah, well, um, hence the slower straight line speed. But when you're within DRS and you can basically double double your speed that you're down. So if you're five or six down, but you gain twelve kilometers an hour. But with that, DRS. But that's the interesting thing for tomorrow, for the race tomorrow is now they Yeah, won't, what's the weather supposed to be like? They won't have, have you heard anything about DRS to overcome that straight line disadvantage and in fact their their competitors, the ones the Red Bulls with the already faster car are going to have the faster car and the DRS advantage. So it's gonna be very important to get off the line and cook. I would imagine the I would I would imagine that the the Mercs will start on softs. At least Russell will start on softs. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um but um so is the weather supposed to be decent let, tomorrow? Did, have not, you heard? Let's not move too far ahead. Let's keep going. Let's keep talking about the the sprint race today before we talk about tomorrow. Um, okay. you can look up the weather while we're talking, <laughs> but, um, uh, cause we're so prepared here, but then yeah, baby. as Ma- Max then started to lose pace pretty significantly, um, 
there was there was a an instance that was very um when science Carlos Sainz was coming f- through um and and getting close to Max as well because he had that fresh power unit um so he was he was on a tear today um yes there was contact with his right uh, rear wheel with the front wing of Max Verstappen that did end up causing uh, Max to lose that end plate. And I thought it was an absolutely brilliant late dive into one that Max was not seeing coming. And I think he gave him enough room. I mean, it was a little bit contact. There was not even an in- investigation. It was ruled just a racing incident, but it did cost Max his wing and was very lucky that Sainz didn't get a rear puncture, honestly, for that. And Max was also yeah, lucky that... because his end plate went under his tire and could have caused a puncture as well, which I have my fingers crossed for. But nonetheless, they do believe that um, Max suffered some sort of damage because he did start to, to fall and ended up getting passed by both Sainz and uh, Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah. Um, and then because of science power unit swap, he will get a five grid spot penalty tomorrow, which will relegate him into P seven and put Lewis P two starting on the front row and bring Max back up into P three. So yeah, so it's going to be a Mercedes front row tomorrow. Mercedes, Mercedes, Red Bull, Red Bull, and then. Uh, Leclerc will be there right behind them. Um, so, it, I mean, either whoever gets the jump and gets the win, they got to play blocky-blocky as best they can and eke out a lead because um, the Rebel will become... Max will be coming hard tomorrow. Like, he will be livid with the results from today. He's already not a fan of the sprint race format because he it opens me up to too many vulnerabilities so i or shit man i hope there's some one incidents that that take him out i would be stoked on that nothing nothing injuring of course just just race ending um but i cannot i mean we thought we thought austin was going to be their best chance uh merc that that is as at a win and then we thought Mexico, but uh, I've I always was had my money on on Brazil for some reason. It just seems to be a track that that Hamilton really likes and and Russell really yeah made work. So maybe maybe we'll we will get that uh, uh, Hamilton winning at least one race his entire Formula One career. Yeah, in a season that I, I would like to see that. I would too. I would. I mean, it would, or it's going to be George's first win as well. So yeah. either way, it's going to be something special for Mercedes, and it will be a a marked, you know, improvement from from the way they started this season. I mean, if you thought that by Brazil we would have a Mercedes front row lockout, um, I I didn't see it coming this season. Genuinely, no, not this season. Um, because between Red Bull and Ferrari. You just how is that going to happen? But where has the pace come? And so I think just from not where's the being for yeah they just the, they're, they're just, the same team that won 
eight world titles for constructors and seven drivers championships in a row. I mean, yeah. they're still so. a great team, and they're working hard to to get back to where they were. And I think they're doing an awesome job. And then, well, so, that's just yeah. So moving down the road, and speaking of drivers and constructors championship, they're really, I mean. Red Bull, to cap off their tremendous season, because as much as I'm not a fan of a Red Bull team, but to cap off their tremendous season, they are currently, Perez, uh, Max is the you know, driver's champion leading the world championship. Perez is currently in second, which is something that that team has failed to do in in their first domination era with Vettel and Ricardo and Weber. And, um, mm-hmm. But they've never had a, a one two in the drivers championship and the constructors. They've they've never done that. Um and Perez was on the horn and in fast in, in a faster pace than the um uh, his teammates Carmax in front of him and he said he radioed and said, Are we holding these positions? Because I could use the points. Cause in the battle for second, let me get to it here. But it's it's a it's a tight race, so it's two seventy eight for Charles Leclerc and two eighty four for Sergio Perez, and that's after the points were awarded for today. So what is that? Two? That's six points separate them, and they could have they could have doubled. Or no, not doubled, but given him another point ahead if just by swapping the positions of those cars, which Perez mm-hmm. has done several times this season. Yeah, I, I mean Spain comes to mind immediately, but um, has definitely gone out of his way to, you know, to play the play the team game this season. So as I felt, I felt like. Uh, that they sh- they really should have swapped that position. Um, they could easily have Max, you know, do it tomorrow or Perez do it tomorrow in the race, but it would have guaranteed given him that another point in that um, in that race yeah. that he desperately wants to come in P two, and they should too. It would be the first time in in their in the history of the team that they did it. But um, I I don't know I don't know what to tell you. But I would have. I was. I think it should have. Yeah, I was kind of. I was kind of half expecting it because, you know, Perez was really charging. Um, now, whether that was because Max was just preserving his power unit or not, I don't know. But a couple more laps, and uh, Perez may have. I mean, you know, was, had a legitimate under racing conditions past him. I mean, I guess they just really think, and it, I mean, it does look, it, it is likely based on the performances Max has had over the last couple of races that he will inevitably end on, end on P in, in first place tomorrow. And they, he's going for that 15th win. And I guess they're just prioritizing Max, which I mean, he is Max or stop it. Yeah. I so, mean, when you look at it that way, sure. But, so, Here's to hoping. Uh, moving further down, we had uh, Leclerc finishing P6, coming from, I think, P11, P10. So a good result for Leclerc. Not Definitely didn't make, did, definitely didn't look as fast as Science and didn't make um, as much ground up as, as I thought he would um, being in the car he was in. But 
he's still decent results. Um, Lando Norris hanging on to uh, P7, hanging into the points, and Kevin Magnuson finishing P8, which is the last points ping position in a sprint race. Um, so it's eight points for P1, seven for P2. It, it just goes down in descending order. Right. But he did. He, he didn't end in that P5, P6 spot, which was where they were really hoping that he could stay. But it's still a still a points finish. Another world championship point for Haas, which they're also in. They're trying to hang on to, I think, P8 in the Constructors title. Um, yeah, Haas is currently in P8 with 37 points. AlphaTauri is right behind them with two points, and Aston Martin is 49, so a good good set of points ahead. But, I mean, hanging on to that P8 would be is, is their goal, I believe. Um and and getting that constructors points and a, a pretty decent starting position for tomorrow's Grand Prix, um, and and definitely will be riding high with nothing to lose, um, and like as we said uh, earlier, um, Magnuson does have the propon or uh, the propensity to have really good starts, um, so then that gets us to a good talking point: Sebastian Vettel in P nine. Uh, with his dingus of a teammate stroll down in P16 after his 10-second penalty. That could have been some a decent result in starting positions for the team tomorrow, but he decided that he was going to run his teammate, literally run his teammate off of the racetrack on a straight where the, I mean... It was a bonehead, dangerous move that didn't need to. Happen. Well, it was a late. It was a late move. Uh, you know, Sebastian was going to get him. It was, him. It, it was inevitable. He was way yeah. faster, and he knew it. And that's the thing is that he knew he was faster, and he knew that he the only way was to do something reckless. Which, I, and Brundle said it too that he thinks ten was too lenient, and that. You can't yeah. race with people you do not trust that are going to do the safe and right thing. Like, it's, right. it's it ruins the sport and it is dangerous. And it's your teammate for Pete's sake. Um, yeah. And I loved Sebastian's response was just, uh, <laughs> okay. Like, uh, do I need to say anything? Like, what the hell? I know you're, yeah. I know you're the owner's kid, but damn. Like you think a billionaire would be upset about having to rebuild two of his cars because they crashed into each other. I mean, mm. it's just, that was just horrible. And I mean, it was a horrible move. I mean, uh, I mean, he swerved, it was late and it was a massive move to the, to uh, the left that put two wheels in the grass for Sebastian, how he, you know, this is a, you know, a 300 kilometer straight, 300 kilometer per almost 200 miles an hour straight. Yeah. And, uh, and doing that was, I mean, it was, it's horrible, horrible. Uh, then we had Gasly finishing P10 behind him, Ricardo 11, Nick Schumacher making up some decent positions. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty nice finish. Getting into P12. Um, uh, then we have both the Alpha Romeros with Joe in P13, Botas in P14, um, which is a bummer because 
Look, I thought Bowie was doing better, and I have him on my rivals team. Sonoda in yeah. the 15th, strolled down in his 16th after his after his penalty was applied. And then we have the Dingus Pero number dose with Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso, who did make contact with each other, putting yeah. a hole in the side of Ocon's car and crunching the wing on uh, Fernando Alonso's. There's <laughs> no love lost there. Um and uh, I think he, Alonzo said, our friend, our little friend. <laughs> did you see what our little friend did um, to his engineer? Um, that's that's a interesting little dynamic there. Uh, another move that really didn't need to happen, but I think it was um, getting onto the curb. And it, it, was a, it was a clumsy mistake. And I feel like... They, I mean, they set the precedent all the way back in in Jeddah with letting those two guys race each other, and I think now they're paying the price for, for not, you know, setting their foot down. As fun as it was to watch them battle in Jeddah, but I think that's how you also kind of end up uh, in a place like this and, and not really protecting that team dynamic because, you know, there was that... They had a really good... It, they seemed like they had a good one when they were, you know, blocked from like a lion and and stuff, but I feel like those days are gone. Maybe, yeah. Maybe some of that is with with Fernando Alonso leaving the team and 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 whatnot. But there. Well, it wrecked Alpine's race. It really did. And it and it wrecked their individual yeah. chances. Because um, yeah, Esteban was P six and Fernando Alonso was P seven in qualifying. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they're the fastest. They're the Alphataris and the Alpines were the fastest in a straight line. They're, you know, and they're in that so. all, all important battle for P4 for best of the rest mm -hmm. with McLaren, who is now starting P11 and P7, and they're down in P17, P18. And 18. So, <laughs> I mean, just some boneheady bonehead moves that didn't need to happen. And let's see, McLaren Alpine, there is 48 to 53. So a five points. McLaren is just yeah. five points behind Alpine. In yeah. The constructors heading in tomorrow with, and they have one driver well into the points and one driver just on the cusp of the points. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Go figure. Bummer, bummer. Uh, I did. Could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have been the Ferrari teammates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did. I, I was talking to Matt, um, Matty O'Patty, that is, after the qualifying. And when he was saying that Stroll, he thinks Stroll should just lose his license altogether, which he's g definitely going to get a, a super license point for that, that penalty today. Um, well, it's not. It wouldn't be his first one. No. I think he's had quite a few. And uh, speaking of, well, let's not. We'll, we'll get onto that in a second. But but it is going to be interesting seeing Fernando Alonso next to Stroll. Like Fernando Alonso is will get the best out of that Aston Martin no matter what, and it will 
be very interesting. Not saying that Vettel doesn't, but I feel like Vettel's obviously one foot out the door this whole season. Um, but it's going to be awesome to keep having a really world-class driver next to him um, and just showing the disparity. But I, I can't wait to see the disparity between Alonso and Stroll. Yeah, just when you think, just when you think that um, Stroll is kind of finally getting it together, he does stuff like today. Like it just, it just shows his his the childish the the the, the temper tantruming nature of him. That, I don't know if it's that. It's well, just, I'm saying well, maybe that, he's just not that just, good of a driver. Well, I think I think you know? there's been plenty of opportunities, or there've been moments where Stroll has proven that he has skills. And he is a good driver. And um, there, I actually, uh, Danny Ricardo was on your mom's house podcast after or before the Austin race, and I was listening to that interview. And um, Tom asked him about Stroll and what what the vibe around Stroll is um, in the paddock, and he was very definitely playing the political game and not wanting to say anything that would put him in an awkward position. But he did say that, you know, even though there are drivers that are there on, on daddy's dollar or because they come with backing or whatever, you're not, you're still not a formula one driver by complete fluke and accident. And you can't, you're not there. Everybody who, who is racing in formula one deserves to be racing in formula one. Like, they are still good drivers. And I think Lowell has, Stroll has extreme laps in judgments, but I think that comes from just being a, 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 like a, a rich kid and not, I'm trying not to speak to his driving ability, but I think it's just lapses in judgment. Like he knows that he shouldn't have done that, but he couldn't help himself because he didn't get yeah. away, you know, like, yeah. And, the, and it's just too risky to do stuff like that at this level of driving. And it, 100%. you know, a 300, you know, you just can't put people at risk. Well, and, and no and, matter. And at some point, it's gonna, it's, it's not gonna work out, and he is gonna crash, and has crashed in the past, and will continue to crash. And if he keeps crashing out his teammate, man, like at the at the end of the day, Daddy's got to see that and the money it's costing him. You know, I mean, that's why Mick is losing his seat. It was just too, he's too expensive. He's too much of a liability for a team that doesn't have the budget. And and mm -hmm. as the cost caps, you know, that, that weight of the cost caps keeps getting felt, like those mistakes become more and more costly than they ever have been. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't matter that daddy's a billionaire. You can't spend more money than you're allowed unless you're Red Bull. Um, <clears throat> but also editorial comment, speaking of super license points, there is another driver who is at dangerous risk for maxing out his super license points. Uh, and he has nine races left and he can't get two super license points. Um, and that's Mr. Pierre Gasly. So he's got to be really on his best behavior and, um, keep his fingers crossed that he doesn't start the year out at his new team with an automatic, um, you know, disqualification from a race next year. So, um, right. that's something. Yeah. There's, there's some talk of that, isn't there? Yeah. And, um, 
if it is wet in Brazil tomorrow, that that could open up a whole can of worms. But regardless, I think we're poised for a very exciting at least start, if not what about- full Grand Prix for tomorrow. And I, for one, cannot wait. Um, and we what do about- not have to wait long. What about what about super license points for an American driver that happened? Oh yeah, well uh, Logan Sargent will be racing at Williams. He'll be the first American Formula One driver, that, or not first, but one first one in a long time. Um, if he can, if he can get enough super license points to qualify for. Um, for a Formula One, which super license points is a relatively new thing. What was that? Twenty fourteen, they started that. Is that when? Mm, Twenty fourteen. I don't know. But it was basically. Well, yeah, because of his it's, youth. That's uh, right. I, 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 the, the race did a really awesome podcast, and and uh, subsequent also a, a, YouTube video that's really interesting to watch because Gasly does highlight that. While the super license points idea is a good idea because basically it's to a way of of reining in drivers who who do moves like stroll and are are erratic. Um, I guess it's basically the Gasly rule, uh, or not Gasly, um, Grosjean rule because Grosjean had that reputation um, while he was uh, racing, and I do remember that from some of his from those Lotus years in particular. Uh, one particularly gnarly crash turn one at spa uh that took mr fernando alonso out of um the world championship um comes to mind but um it kind of was spurred on from that season where he had so many incidents that like they were like we really got to do something about this um so when but but the way it works now is that certain instances if they're marked or noted or they happen in the, the by the stewards comes with an automatic super license points and there's no room for like discretion of if that instance actually was warranted or or is unsafe but gasly by no by no stretch has the reputation of being a reckless dangerous driver and yet he's two points away from two points away and nine races until um those points fall off because it takes a full year for a point to fall off your super license. Um, so he has nine races, so it will carry into next year, obviously, because there's only two races left this season. Um, but there's a really high likelihood that he could um, get to those points in those nine races, and which would automatically trigger a, a race, a one race ban. Um, so it's something to look at, something to watch, but I, it does also poke a hole in the super license points, and that was um, was the main point of of uh, Ed Straw's um, video and and his his stance on that. Um, but it's very interesting. I recommend watching the video and listening to the podcast as always. The race is absolutely excellent, um, just as the sprint race was today and qualifying. And I'm expecting the race tomorrow to be. Last word to you, Pop, before we let these people get on with their day. And hopefully well, go I was trying race. to I was trying to look up the weather in Sao Paulo, but I can't seem to spell it. So S-A-O-P-A-L-O. I can't find it. P A L O. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Hmm. Well, you guys can all look it up, and we'll all find out in a matter of hours anyways. <laughs> We're not going to keep you on while we look it up. But thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the race as much as we did, and we look forward to the official Grand Prix tomorrow. Boy, howdy, I cannot wait. That's it. Me too. Me right. neither. Hasta que paso. Goodbye. Later. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye.